It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Slip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Everything you need, it's on the clip out. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast. Podcast, episode 337. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hello. I have picked up our Thanksgiving dinner. And so after when you guys hear this, we will already have eaten our Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. But I just got back from picking it up. Well. Very excited. You know, if you had played your cards right, you could have made it sound like we actually made our Thanksgiving dinner instead of picking it up. I picked up all the ingredients <laughs> for the Thanksgiving dinner. It's too late, Tom. That I will be making tomorrow morning I will be for making. the entire family. Listen, guys, if if uh, I make something like brownies, because that's about the extent of something that I would do, he literally will like close the oven door and be like, you're welcome. I made brownies. <laughs> I was part of the process. <laughs> it's a team effort uh, wow <laughs> i don't know why you would discourage a team effort next time i'll just let you do it by yourself i mean you kind of do that's what you want <laughs> i remember that okay and when you ask me for help i'm like well last time i helped you this is what occurred <laughs> so i've yes. been burned before <laughs> can't can't abide by that oh so, okay but i went to the cracker barrel that's what happens in the midwest folks yeah yeah Went to the cracker barrel and uh picked up our thanksgiving dinner so we can throw it in the oven 40 minutes before it's time to eat or whatever it is and, and then num 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 yes <laughs> so but uh they had a really good system yeah you said that they had all the cars out there so you just told them you were there they brought your order right to you yeah. should we tell them about our panic attack this morning yeah and by the way hashtag not an ad this is not an ad <laughs> there's no promo code for you i mean what good would it do you thanksgiving's over exactly so. uh yeah so this morning i was asking tom all of these questions about our order that we had and he was like oh I'll look it up i'm not sure what time look yeah, up the email and get all this stuff i think i set it up for three but i'm not 100 percent let me go 10 minutes later and i'm like i can't find my email <laughs> oh no because i've done this before where uh, you get to the screen and it's like do you want to buy this yes yes i'm done and then there's another screen that says Confirm. are you sure and then another screen after that says but are you sure you're sure <laughs> and and so i thought i thought i was done and then i ended up not ordering anything <laughs> and so yes. i was like oh dear god <laughs> We have no Thanksgiving. We're going to be like Charlie Brown eating toast and jelly beans. I I had a I had a backup plan. We would not make Franklin sit on the other side of the table. We would not. But I I did have a backup plan just in case everything went to crap. I was I was ready. What were you going to do? What was the backup plan? Well, I was going to go to the store and I was going to get those tiny little baby turkeys they're not they're not called turkeys the cornish hens yes i was gonna get the cornish hens yeah and uh whip up some stovetop and some instant mashed potatoes we were gonna have turducken minus the tur and the duh yeah uh so i i I think i was the duh and then they always have still like a frozen pie so like i was ready you know i i could have pulled it together had we needed to i was like frozen pizzas here we come I was like, I was when I lost the email and I'm like, no Thanksgiving dinner. How happy is Angelo going to be? 
not happy to with hear the, the story. Not happy with the substitutes. By the way, this is not the bonus episode. We got to move things along. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So anyway, <laughs> I almost screwed up turkey dinner, but I did not. I had accidentally deleted the email and I found it in my trash and everything was okay. And we have Shoot. we have dinner and we will have eaten it by the time you hear this. So also, side note. Tom deletes emails faster than anybody I've seen him, which is how it ended up in his trash. I have no doubt. I think it went to my promotion folder and then I just missed it uh-huh. is what I think happened. So uh, <laughs> so we should remind people that we've got a new book club coming up on December 12th. We sure do. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. For those of you who are used to us saying Eastern time, this is uh, going. Well, this is our last one. Did I give you the wrong one? Uh, this is the last one. This is not the correct one. Yeah, Evie Drake starts over. Oh, I've just been reading it so long already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's the next one. It is. It's a, that's it how is. else would I have known the date if it's not on the thing in front of my face? No, I wouldn't that's, have. That is fair. Have had that committed to memory. <sighs> this is me we're talking about. Yeah, well, I almost threw away Thanksgiving dinner. I uh, I haven't been sleeping well, so I've been reading this every night. <laughs> so I'm pretty much done. So yeah, I felt like I'd moved on to the next book. Yeah. So I'm so sorry, Evie Drake. Starts over uh, by Lindy Linda Holmes, and it is Evie Drake. Sorry, not Evie. I no, I said it. it wrong last time. Oh. But they they uh, in the book you. they correct it right out of the gate. Gotcha, it's Evie. So I was just letting. I you like know. when books do that. When someone has a non traditional name, that's why I won't read fantasy stuff. Like it's like I never know how to say anybody's name when it's like, like Cornelia Star. Yeah, or something like when that. it's like <laughs> Verlasimuth. I'm just like, I don't, what? Literally in fantasy novels, if that happens to me, they have no name. They become yeah, nameless. And that's, and that's what I do. And then I'm a hundred pages in and I'm like, no name, just turned uh, and, and stabbed no name. And because and he's like, mad wait, wait, wait. because he found out that they had secretly collaborated with no name. And I'm like, I you gotta no- You got to address it like I did when I was dating, like, like army guy or <laughs> tennis guy. <laughs> that's how you got to do it. What was I? I don't want to say. Well, what was I? Mr. Perfect. (laughs) I'm blushing. Am I? Am I? So that explains why you just call me Tom now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So uh, anyway, the book club. uh, It's really funny to watch yourself blush. That's weird. It's all over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash the clip out. It is free to all comers. This is available for the free tier. Yes, there's a free tier and uh, you can you can go sign up. We don't they don't take your credit card or nothing like that. You don't get charged. No risk anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, you're in the right place. If you can see on the page, once you click join community, you can see the book club info. You're in the right place. Yeah. You've you've gotten there. Yeah. So come on in. The water's fine. Don't forget the holidays are just around the corner. If you want to treat yourself to a clip out Patreon subscription or someone else. Yeah. You can do that as well. We should also say the guest this week is Jody Avergan from the Good Sport Podcast. We talked to him for a spell and he was so you want to stick around and hear that. And also, what else do we have in store for people? Uh, well, we're going to talk about the new features that just dropped with Peloton okay. and uh, what's on what's in store for the turkey, turkey burn classes, uh, transgender awareness week. Uh, we have our first NIL deal. What's NIL? We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's going on with uh, the brand new Peloton apparel that just dropped. 
and a bunch of instructor news. Actually, just one thing. Uh, Dr. Jen is going to visit us and we're going to talk about convincing yourself that you can do something when you think that you can't. A little competitor news that I think is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, some content updates. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available wherever you find a podcast. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. Super helpful. Greatly appreciated. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group. Don't forget our Patreon at patreon.com slash the clip out where you get all sorts of bonus content, things that we just can't fit in the episode. Uh, you can also get the episodes ad free. And if we get them early, you get them early and you're helping the show, right? Things like this cost money. <laughs> they do. And uh, you can uh, also, what else do I push here? Oh, YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash the clip out where you can watch us. Crystal always waves at you when I say that. <laughs> and then. You can also sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com. So there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Peloton in the news. The Tread Plus finally got auto incline. How exciting for you specifically? It really is. Yeah, uh, it's great. Um, so just like on the regular tread or on the bike if you have it where you you can click a little button that looks like a little lock mm-hmm. and that means that it's going to lock in to what the instructors are saying obviously this is not happening in real time so these are only on on demand runs walks hikes etc and uh it's great because you don't have to necessarily have your volume up to follow along with the incline which is nice yeah. um especially if you're just kind of walking maybe you might be on a work call something like that yeah uh, <laughs> you can still take your walk uphill uh that's pretty not cool. that you're saying that you've ever done that no i i actually have not done that <laughs> uh if i did do that i would totally tell my clients that that's what i was doing because it would encourage them to do yes. it i am so committed that's what i do yeah but uh, the other thing I am super excited about is I can't wait until we get the uh, lane break for Tread Plus. It's got to yeah, be right behind this. One would think. Yeah. So scenic on-demand classes, you can use it. Yeah. There were reports that this disappeared the next day, but I'm hearing it's it's back again. So I think it was just kind of rolling out the first day I saw it. And, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, it that, does. That's a lot of machines to push out to all at once, although a lot fewer than used to be out there. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have a question about the picture on this article okay was this something we found or was this given to us by peloton or used by them in some capacity oh boy it's a trick question so i actually went to their media assets and pulled this down uh for this particular article okay so i just find it fascinating because this is a guy who clearly seems to be doing this like in his basement and it's not all beautiful it's not all beautiful like it's you can see like the the ceiling has exposed rafters not like in a rustic way Way, but just like I'm this, in my basement, I'm in my basement or maybe a garage and it, you know, like it's a nice space, but it's not like one of those aspirational. I put my equipment on a pedestal while I overlook the mountains. No, that's you know, that's exactly right. But that is that is their new their new look. Yeah. So I just found that an interesting little. I think arc. that's an excellent point. Well, every once in a while I have them. I agree. Also, the. <laughs> You agree that every once in a while I have uh, Wow. I was seeing if you were paying attention. Yeah. I remember uh, remember four minutes ago when I was Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Those are good times. Good like times. Like you said, I call you Tom. Yes. <laughs> yes, you too. On a good day. <laughs> 
So uh, the uh, the guide also has a new feature. Yes. Now it tells you like if you if it's saying you have like eight reps to do. Right. Right. Well, it tells you that you got done with however many reps that you were supposed to do. And it'll tell you how much time is left. So it gives you a certain amount of time to do your eight reps. Mm -hmm. And then if you get it done faster, it rewards you by saying you got it done faster. Yeah. I'm hoping that this will be helpful going forward in classes that do like AMRAPs and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think it might be like step one of using this technology. So like it just goes on to the next thing and you don't have to sit there for 40 seconds. Well, no, AMRAPs are as many as you can uh, in a minute. But when you do as many as you can in a minute, right, then you get a rest period before Mm -hmm. you move to the next one. So uh, I think that that could be helpful to somehow use that technology later on. Gotcha. But either way, it's helpful for people to be able to see how much time they have left so they can get a little rest in if they pushed hard or (laughs) if they didn't push hard, be like, well, you need to add some weight. Yeah, that is what you need to do (laughs) or spend the rest of the time doing more reps. There you go. Peloton's goal for Thanksgiving is to set two Guinness World Records. Now, by the time you hear this, we will already know if that has occurred. But we are recording this on Wednesday because mm-hmm. we're dedicated. Even on a holiday, we're still putting an episode out. Right. <laughs> and uh, but uh, they're looking to set two. World I, love, records. I love that you say that because like we do that every year. It's not really shocking. I come. know because we've been dedicated we have, every year, year in, year out. Seven years. Going seven on years, seven years. Yeah. So, yeah, this is. Um, We've done this before. I don't know if you remember, but the year that you fell, you were sleeping while I, I joined the app in all seriousness. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we were at uh, Pier Marquette Lodge. Yes. Just the two of us because the kids were off at the the other half of the equation. Exactly. And and, uh, and it was the first year for the turkey burn, right? No, it was not the first year oh, for okay. the turkey burn, but it was the first time they attempted a Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, okay. And that's why I wanted to be on because I wanted to be part of history. That, you know? Oh, that's how they counted into that. Okay. Well... But it it didn't matter because app people, I don't even know if they, they counted. But anyway. Yeah, because you were watching on your iPad while I slept. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but this year, you know, things have come a long way with the app because now it's a lot more integrated. So For I sure. do think the people who are on the app will still be counted this year. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But there's going to be two Guinness Book of World Records. Last time it was around 20,000. I don't remember the exact number. But they totally hit it. They hit it easily. <laughs> and I have no doubt. It was 21,317. <laughs> was it really? No. I okay. have no idea. You just said it so I know. Like that should tell you a lot about how the world works. But you didn't smile. So I. <laughs> that's all you got to do. <laughs> Say it like you know what Tommy. People are like, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that leads to misinformation. Yeah. Well, then this year, I think we're going to blow that out of the water. And then they're also doing for the first time ever setting a Guinness Book of World Records for the most runners on a class the, for the same time. Gotcha. So we've only done ride. This will be the first time we do a run. But I love that the Guinness Book of World Records breaks it out as on a bespoke platform. I just have to call that out. What does that mean? I think that they're trying to say not in person. Oh, so like they're, think, mi- they're like might be a marathon that had more people or something. Yeah, something like that. But like, but if you're doing it as like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you that was the exact wording because yeah. it stood out. It like, I was like bespoke platform. Really? Yeah. All right. I like, I like honestly, like they get a lot of people on these. So I'm not disparaging that. But the idea of calling a world record when, like, there really isn't anyone else that could even attempt it. Yeah, but there are other companies that will. Yeah. Yeah, I can think of one. 
<laughs> that will fail. Yeah, like I said, it's like no nobody has an audience that could even attempt to rival but doesn't, this. Do, like that's the thing, right? Because of all the shit that people give Bella Dunn, it's still it's still that. Yeah, it's still that. So well, then we have the world record for most downloads for a Peloton podcast. We sure do. So, There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> by a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> Not unlike this situation. Exactly. So, but I don't know if you Echelon know. Echelon can't get us. Yeah. Um, so uh, the I'm excited, though, because this is the first time that I have been doing Peloton that we are actually going to be home on Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah. We so used can, to be world travelers. I know. Wait. Uh-uh. It's no, true. No, it's not true. It is true. We did not go anywhere on COVID, during COVID. Well, then I think that maybe there just weren't classes <laughs> that were live because it was COVID. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I they, really don't remember. I may have just been... Because 2020, we were home for sure. And then 2021... I think we did go somewhere in 2021. I think it was... Yeah, 2021, I thought, was when we we went to Plymouth. Yeah. Because yeah. it was the 400th anniversary of yeah, Thanksgiving. Absolutely. So we celebrated at Plymouth because we love America more than other people do. <laughs> Stop. <What? laughs> no, I'm just saying we love America and they don't. Well, Except this for will the one be okay. This person is, we met there that recognized you. This will be the first time that I will be able to participate in a turkey burn class. How about that? Okay. Okay. Very good. Oh my God. We're 18 minutes in and we've done nothing. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it is Transgender Awareness Week. It was last it was. week, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's gonna be like this the whole time people. it is <laughs> it was transgender awareness week yeah so peloton did not have any specifically listed on the actual schedule as transgender awareness week classes mm-hmm. so we took the opportunity to go back in the archives and pull out our favorite classes that have been celebrated for transgender awareness week or trans transgender the day of remembrance i was told which i did not realize that jocelyn had done a walk for pride 365 on november 19th and that it was for uh transgender awareness week so they just didn't label it that way but there's one out there so i wanted to make sure people knew about that uh and i just you know i think it's it's important it's important absolutely peloton uh has inked an nil deal with University of Michigan running Michigan running back something or other. Yeah. I'm sure it's a very big deal. Well, I think his name. Yeah. Uh, It's in the article. But uh, (laughs) Blake Blake Corum. Okay. I know nothing about sports, even less so about college sports. Yeah. Well, I I asked Helper B. Nikki. Well, actually, she just knew instinctively. She knew all the things. And she knew we would struggle. Anything we're about to say, if we get it wrong, you should yell at Nikki. Call me. I'll give you her home phone number. And... (laughs) If we get it right, give her all the credit. And if we get it right, it's because we just know these things because we're very smart. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is going to be, why why, are, why is Peloton doing this? Because it's really good exposure for Peloton. And it's an nor- enormous financial deal for student athletes. They These deals have changed the face of college sports and the financial deals that athletes can get now as they have an enormous impact on which school they ultimately choose to play for. So the more money that the NIL deal deals that a school can offer, the better athletes that they can attract, which makes sense. Sure. Right. Um, But of course, like anything, there's controversy attached because athletes do not have to disclose the money that they get from these deals, which I did not know. Yeah. If they don't want to, they don't have to. I guess it's their money. 
And and the other thing is that uh, a lot of times these kids, because they're young, right? Yeah. They're in college. They have a big social media following, following. So that means that if he talks about Peloton on his platform, boom. Now Peloton's getting all that not that yes. like notoriety. Notoriety that. is a good thing, right? Or is that a bad thing? No, it's. I think I think it's kind of can be either. Yeah, I was gonna say notorious sounds bad, you right? Know? Um, so also most of his fans, not a most, there is a good strong chance that his fans would be fitness minded, but. One thing that a lot of people have been bringing up is that this is not a best the best time for Michigan right now. Uh, so, because Tom and I have no idea, we have no idea, none. So. Nikki filled us in on this too. Uh, the head coach of Michigan was punished by the Big Ten, which is their conference. Thank you, Nikki. You knew we'd need to know that <laughs> uh, for cheating and spying on other teams that they thought would be their playoff competition. So. That is controversial for sure. But it is important to point out that these student athletes were not cheating because they weren't students when that happened. Right. So so no, Peloton is not partnering with cheaters. So take your hashtags and stick them somewhere else. Oh, were people hashtagging it? Yeah, of course they were. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I, yeah, I think you'll see a lot more of this. I think I it makes too. total sense. Nikki and, does, too. That was yeah. the last thing she said. <laughs> I was, damn, I was going to pretend like I knew that. No, she knew it, too. Damn it. Yeah. So, but I, but I, I think I would have arrived. At that you would have. On my I own, do that, think like, that obviously this is a, a good way to get the product in front of people. Do you know somebody actually bitched about this picture because Alex isn't wearing Michigan colors in this picture? Oh my god! I know. I was like, you know what? When you guys <laughs> never, mind. I'll I'll save my yeah. I'll save my soapbox for Look. the Patreon episode. <laughs> yeah, that's where we really go uh, off. That's where so, you'll hear what I have to say about yeah, that. You wanna, <laughs> If you want to hear Crystal tee off on somebody, <laughs> Patreon episode, I get it for free. Um, uh, and if you are the one who said that and you want to hear what Crystal is saying about you, you got to pay five. You got to give us five dollars. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just the way things are. <laughs> Made to move tour is uh, hitting Germany and Austria. Yeah. So this will be the first time we're seeing events happen in Austria. Yeah. So that's worth noting right off the bat. But also, I think it's great that they've had this big tour that just occurred all over different places that Peloton is. Right. And the the German instructors, they went to Germany, they went to Berlin, but this is going to be a lot more spread out. There's right. going to be, a, they're going to hit a lot more places. So you're going to be able to meet the instructors. You're going to be able to try out the equipment. You're going to be able to buy stuff like it. It's going to be fun. Plus, there's all these little activations that are going to be happening. Like you get to play games and have a chance to win. It's going to be great. And uh, soon they will be announcing these dates and we will be sure to tell you. So very fun. Peloton also unveiled a new apparel a collaboration with 776 BC. Yeah. And it's rowing related. Now, Tom. What? Do you see how he looks like he's wearing a superhero shirt? Yeah, it looks like it's got like fake abs on it or something. Right. It's on purpose. Okay. Because that is where the row handle goes. So, oh, so the instructor, it's like a target? Yes. Gotcha. The instructor can tell you top one, bottom one. And uh, <laughs> that exactly. Could, that could come in handy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Have a target. It's enough out of you. What's that? I'm just saying... <laughs> 
for um, rowing. Yeah, of course. What? What? Get your yeah. I tell you, out one of the of, one of the people who saw this article was so excited about this. They went out and bought every single thing that dropped. Well, I will say thank you for explaining this to me because I'm like rowing apparel. I know, right? Like, it's not like you're not really gonna get wet. Right. You don't need swimsuits. <laughs> like, what no. do you need rowing apparel for? Yeah. So now well, I- I will say also this particular material is like uh, they say it has a bunch of like movement like you obviously you know you've seen me doing the rowing you know it's like a lot of repetitive (laughs) movement do the row again you can have you could have uh, some chafing things like that well this can help it it moves with your body Um. so it is nice for your skin. It's like performance wear. Gotcha. So it's got that going for it too. It's so not just the thing. Are you going to be like looking down the whole time? I don't. I don't think so. I think once you get it, you get it. Like your memory, you know, your muscle memory. Yeah, it just seems like something that you really, really wouldn't need all that long. Yeah, I think it at that point it just becomes it looks cool. I don't know. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. I, know, I was just you know. So anyway, yeah. Okay. I had to, we just had to have something removed. So if it's a weird edit here, that's why. Yeah. But on the Patreon, I'll tell you what I said. <laughs> no, she wouldn't let me say it there either. <laughs> you can probably make your own guesses. Anyway, uh, so that's a new partnership that is uh, that is happening that dropped this week. And after the break, we're going to come back. We're going to tell you whose book got nominated for an award. So stick around. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Instructors in the news. Toon Day was featured in some very artsy photographs. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's... So this magazine is called Photo Book Magazine. So they they lived up to their name. But like she's just absolutely gorgeous there. That co- like the color and everything. It's a very striking photo. It is. It is. Yeah. Amazing. So uh, this was a big deal that she's. Yeah, she's she is the the focus of yeah. this entire article. So, so that's in the latest issue of photo book. Yeah. I had never heard of it. I hadn't but either. I mean, but now I'm following him because I'm like, Ooh, that's pretty neat. I miss the days when you could like go look through a magazine when you would like, if you went to like a really big bookstore newsstand and they'd have all these magazines that you never heard of. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow, there's a magazine about that. Right. Right. Like, and, and like now it's just all internet articles. And I know. Cause it used to like capture your imagination. Yeah. Right. You know, but like we didn't read them enough that they could stay in business. Well, especially so. once the internet took over. Right. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea that there were all these like little niche magazines, like goat fancy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who'd have thought, that, you know, 
lighthouses. There was like a whole magazine just for lighthouses. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like uh, right on. More power to you. Yeah. I just was, now now it's lighthouse magazine was put out of business just by screensavers. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. Sad but true. So uh, Cody's book XOXO Cody. In case you were unaware of the title of said book. Just want to help people out here. That's mm-hmm. what we're here for. Was nominated for a Good Reads Award, and I guess the Reader's Choice, yeah, whatever whatever they would call it, Good Reader's Choice. <laughs> um, and you can go vote for that. Yes, you can. I mean, takes me back to uh, Dancing with the Stars days. Yeah, you know, we all had to gather around and vote for Cody. Yeah, that's what we did. Well, I don't know if I said we. I mean, you, you were did. The, you did too. Did I? I think you did. Did I do? I that? think you did. Hmm. I think just, even Brian and Sydney did. Or did you just grab my phone and do it? I mean, I might have. Yeah. But I I really do think that you did. Because you know my passcode. Because I true. don't care. Because I'm Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing to be worried about here. <laughs> I still say things that you got to cut out. So uh, on a more serious downbeat note, uh, Jess Sims' grandmother passed away. She did last Sunday, and uh, she had to cancel some classes, obviously. Sure. But uh, we wish the best to Jess Sims and her whole family. I know it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, holidays are so rough, too, you know? Yes, this close up for sure. I mean, there's never a good time. Never, but. but like, yeah. But 96, that's a hell of a run. It like, is. Like, not to. It's almost a year to the day that my grandpa died. Yeah, and he was 90? Mm-hmm. And, he was 90. And my grandma was 95 when she died. Yep. Also had a hell of a run. So yes, did. Our, our condolences to the Sims family. Absolutely. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen. She has tips for helping you convince yourself that you can when you think you can't because you can. <laughs> so stick around. This psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She also has a wonderful app you should probably check out called No More Diets. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hello. So good to have you here. I feel like this happens to a lot of people, even if they don't admit it. But sometimes I will get nervous about starting a workout like I'll have it in my head like I need to do a long run today and maybe I don't know it could be it could be like I have to do all hills or I have to do like 90 minutes or whatever and I'm afraid that like I'm gonna fail or I'm I know that I'm gonna be tired at the end and I I, I may not feel amazing and so I start like getting really nervous about it how can a person push through that feeling and do it anyway? <laughs> it, it is such a great question. And, and I have to say, as you were talking about it, one of the things that popped into my head is, you know, Ross Rayburn had a 10 minute long run meditation that was recently taken down in one of the purges, which I'm pretty devastated by, but that's a whole other story. And one of the things he talks about in his long run meditation is you're going to hit a point where you feel like not going on or where you feel tired and it's going to be okay. And you're going to be able to keep going. And I think I love that meditation. I listen to it every Friday night. Ross needs to bring back that meditation. (laughs) But that aside, I think that it really speaks to that 
anytime you're doing a really intense workout, a really long workout, a long run, a longer weight class, you know, anything like that, yeah, you're going to experience periods where you don't feel so great, where you're like, oh, can I keep going? And at the same time, you also have to recognize that sometimes you may need to take a little walk to catch your breath and then go back to jogging or running. And that finding kind of what is that balance. And this occurs more and more as you are more athletic and know your body better over time. What is the difference between I really need to take a break? That is what my body needs versus, okay, this is something I can move past. And when I do, this is going to help me be a better, more confident athlete. And it's going to help take my endurance or strength or whatever it is to the next level. So that's part of it. But to go back to answering kind of the beginning of your question of like, what do you do when you are starting, you're about to start that tread class or that spin class or that row class or whatever it is, and you're nervous, can I do this? Can I get through this? The the first thing is you want to change your self-talk. Okay. And you want your self-talk. You don't even have to believe it to be, I can do this. (laughs) I'm going to get through this. I'm going to feel so amazing at the end of this workout. I'm going to feel such a great sense of accomplishment. That shifts your energy right there. The other thing is you also, if you are now doing something that's this challenging to you, you've probably been doing Peloton for a long enough time to have a history and to have a history of doing things that are really difficult and doing them anyway. So you want to go look at that that framework that you have of, yeah, I do really difficult things. I accomplish it. And I actually have a long history of getting through classes that scare me or seem really challenging, or I wonder if I'm going to be able to get through. So I think that those are really some of the, the key factors. And it, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be nervous. It shows that you're challenging yourself. And that's actually really cool. Like that says, wow, you're really growing as an athlete. And that's a great thing. You always put such <laughs> such a positive spin on things. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. She's a trained professional. She is, but I love it. We're, I've missed these talks. <laughs> we are flailing amateurs. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for all that. Until next time, where can people find you? People can find me at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on man on all social media. Wonderful. Thank you. Checking out the competition. So we talked last week about the UFC guy who's ever in charge of that. And uh, he was... I guess it's Dana White. He was all upsetified because Peloton three years ago didn't want to advertise on a show. And so... He's really sticking it to him now, three years later. But my favorite is they replaced it with echelons. And then, yeah, so the the update on that is they replaced the Pelotons with echelons. My guess is because there's only a a month left in the fiscal year, and they didn't have it budgeted for anything decent. (laughs) So they were like, I guess echelons? Yeah. You know, I I got a Black Friday deal at Walmart. <laughs> we could buy a couple over there. <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I think this thing is funny. And I, I think that like people 
that are getting riled up over this are really funny because no one is reporting on the fact that it's three years old. Like no one is saying that it's driving me crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Because it happened because he said in the interview that it happened like because they were concerned about their IPO, which is a long time ago at this point and a totally different regime. And now he's decided to take a stand. I'm just like. Oh, my God. That's got we're trying to get clicks all over it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. These are the same people who are worried about everyone else getting triggered. Okay. All right. Okay. Enjoy your echelon dip. (laughs) (laughs) Peloton artist collaboration. So there's a new artist series coming up featuring Take That. Yep. What? So it's a British band. Okay. But um it had Robbie Williams in it. So Okay, cuz I was like I was like I thought Take That was a boy band and then I'm looking at this picture and they They're all grown up. They're very grown up. And then I thought but it was a boy band from a while back. Yeah. So I'm like that would make sense but like even the boy bands like the other boy bands that you see present day photos of like they still have that look. They still have the look of a boy band like New Kids or Backstreet or 98 Degrees, O-Town. They still look like they're boy bands, even though they're in their 40s or whatnot. And these guys look like uh, it's like an alt-rock hipster band. Yeah, I was confused. Picture. I was like, who is this? And then people were telling me, oh, it's the one with, with Robbie Williams. Oh, okay. First of all, I didn't listen to any boy band, so that makes sense. I was not the demo. My boy band knowledge stops uh, with the monkeys. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much where mine stops as well. Because <laughs> of me. <mean. laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, but they did like a whole video like leading up to it. They were talking about their artist series and and stuff. I think it's I think that it's one of those things where it was I think take that was a lot bigger in the UK. I think than so, it was too. Here. Yeah, for sure. So this picture cracks me up, though, because like. When I saw the picture, I was like, this is so bad. Like, this is so, like, bad about how the human brain works, right? Oh, boy. Because I saw the picture, and I was like, take that. I'm like, I don't remember that, but, like, this looks like a band I would listen to. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's just a modern-day picture of a boy band. And I was like, I would not listen to that. (laughs) And it's just so funny that the picture, I was like, it looks like an alt-rock band. Like, it looks like they could be, like, the Lumineers or something. And I was just like, oh. Oh, I, I might like this. And then, <laughs> then you were like, never mind. Like, oh, no, it's just a weird picture of a boy band. OK, yeah. never mind. But Robbie Williams isn't in this picture, is he? I have no idea. I thought he was the one in the middle because oh, maybe he is. But I, I honestly don't know what Robbie Williams looks like. So. I, I thought I did. But the guy on our left is Bob Ross, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, Bob Ross has sadly been passed away oh, for many years. Gotcha. Because I, because then I thought but maybe the other he has one, a little squirrel in his pocket. I don't know. I thought maybe I the other one was a happy little tree. Oh, that could so. be. Yeah. Also, we should say that it's not officially announced yet, but like we can tell that there's. It enough- is. It's. It's. It's like out there. It's on the schedule. It's on like the we're schedule. not telling yeah. stuff that we're not supposed to right. tell. Right. But there is a kiss artist series coming up i'm sure probably to coincide with their their final concert yes uh well and we'll talk more about this next week but they're taking over the whole city of new york it's pretty cool they've got activations all over the city it's neat it's really neat awesome yeah new content okay let's tackle the tco top five every week we ask you guys to chime in tell us which classes you like best and then we repeat them for all the people that didn't chime in so they know Things that they should focus on. Well, I have to first own up to something. Okay. We read the wrong one last week. Whoops. I thought it was familiar, 
And it was from August. So it was. August. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, Darcy doesn't know what happened. I'm sure it was my fault. Like I probably like copy pasted something wrong. But yeah, I don't know how you copy paste from I, August. I but... don't know. I don't know what I did, but it's been a rough week. Yeah. Um, but so this week we did not actually post people asking for the top, TCO top five because it was a short week and gotcha. like everybody. And was, this way, people that got skipped last week, we're still hitting it. We can. You still. We we get. We gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So this uh, favorite Peloton strength class. This makes a lot more sense from last week. Okay. Uh, this is eleven nine twenty three with. Uh, DMX. This was a 20. 20- I believe it's pronounced DMX. <laughs> 20 minute DMX full body strength with Jessums. Uh, this was Sarah Phillips Taylor's favorite class. I believe it's from- pronounced Jessums. <laughs> she said, uh, amazing program, and I love me some DMX. DMX, but go on. Uh, then we have the favorite Peloton Pilates class. This was a 20 minute disco Pilates from November 10th with Kristen McGee. Uh, Santa Princey said he found this class while he was just looking for a way to maintain. Well, it says his, but then, oh, found the favorite. Oh, I think it was supposed to say her and the R got dropped. (laughs) Yes, that makes more sense. I was going to say. Santa sounded feminine. Santa sounds like a girl's name. And I was just like, I don't know why I've never heard the name before, but not unlike the take that photo. I think it's the A. I think it's the A sounds feminine. Well, in Spanish, the A is feminine. Exactly, but I don't know that that's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, Santa, uh, she said. This turned into a mood boost. She said, I was tired. I was sore from another workout and not in the mood to exercise, but I needed my blue dot. So I decided to take this class. The playlist was amazing and the class boosted my mood so much. I decided to add two more workouts to my stack that that day. Then favorite Peloton ride. This was a 30 minute club bangers ride with Alex Toussaint from November 11th. And um, this one, people really were excited about. Kim Barnsley said, I've been waiting for this post. AT's club banger ride on Saturday was a group of veterans and a few family members. I can't tell you how much it means to me that Peloton honors us veterans on Veterans Day like this. AT was funny, motivating and gave us a good workout like always. And he called the music military ball style. So there was something for everyone that's me in the bottom right hand corner Aw, and her mom right behind her favorite peloton anniversary ride there were a lot of anniversaries in the last week but everybody's favorite well i shouldn't say everybody's but the one that came up the most was jen sherman's uh 10 year 30 minute epic sing-along ride uh <laughs> linda hawk one of my all-time favorite people in the world she said here are eight reasons to take the class it's jen the music and the singing, of course. The instructors that came to support her, Maddie, Jess, Cody, Alex, and Allie. Her friends and family that came to support her. Her husband even made an appearance, which has never happened in the history oh. of Peloton. Uh, number five, Jen getting off the bike to perform a rap, <laughs> which I have a story about. Number six, Jen thanking John Foley for believing in her. Jen saying, how about 10 more years? And did I mention the ride was all Jen? Number eight. So I'm just excited that she was allowed to say John Foley. I know. But well, you know what? She has before. And, and no one's ever said a word. I don't think anybody's anti John up there. Good. I really don't. But I do have to say the rapper's delight, just a little side thing. So years ago, she did the rapper's delight. Like it was it and it, it got taken down because she got off her bike to do it. So I'm sure she had to have permission to get off her bike. Especially these days. She did. She got off her bike just like she did the first time around and did the whole thing. That's funny. <laughs> 
Uh, and finally, our unstackable. Yes, this came from Bex Gentry. It was a 60-minute intervals run on November 11th. Uh, Mandy Rose said Bex Gentry's 60-minute intervals from Saturday. It was challenging, inspiring, and great music. A fun suffer fest, I like to call it. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, moving right along, we should let people know that Sundays with Love is back. Yes, it's going to. We're going to have a live ride on Sunday, November 26th. We are not sure at this time if this is a one off or if there will be. This is the start of a season. So stay tuned for that. And Jess King adds stretches to the class types. Yeah, she's never done like. I'm never saying she's not done an after bike stretch or right. an after run stretch, but this was like a full 10 minute lower body stretch. It's not like the last part of an existing class. It's like, here's a whole thing for stretching. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, those are out there now if people want to find them. Yeah. They've been doing live classes for the stretches as well. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Jody Avergan from the Good Sport podcast and used to be with 538, which is also a big deal. So you should stick around and check that out. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Jody Avergan. Hey, Jody, how's it going? I'm doing quite well. I'm, can you tell I'm a little sweaty? I just worked out. <laughs> and, and I wasn't planned, but I figured it would be appropriate. You know, <laughs> so. you know when you get the chance, you just got to go with it sometimes because it's who true. knows are we when you're talking about Peloton. Yes, we? yes, okay. we are, Tom. <laughs> um, it was pouring all morning in New York, and I had. Um, grand plans to do some stuff outside and then i saw this little window right before i was chatting to you and so i went outside ran a little in the park and then just to honor our conversation here i did do a 10 minute ab workout through the peloton app so i'm recently have engaged very nice, nice. see that did you awesome. run in central park other parks in new york where oh, you can run i don't know on. all we know is no. what we see on tv when you say the state of new york we're like right. it's manhattan that's right. what we know yeah, all <laughs> well, i live in brooklyn which is the best borough and i live <laughs> near what i consider to be the best park in new york city which is sunset park and actually your reference to tom to kind of images you see of new york my wife refers to sunset park as kind of their only vision of what New York is through Sesame Street, right. that's what Sunset Park is. Okay. And it's just like families and diversity and people playing and like music and people cooking food and hanging Muppets. out. It's like, it's lovely. It it's is really great. Uh, yeah, I was going to so, say, yeah, if there exactly. are Muppets hanging out in your park, <laughs> I'm coming there next time. I'm moving. Yeah, you've got um, new neighbors. <laughs> you, had, you had me at Muppets. Right, exactly. And it's got a pool and a track oh. and a soccer field wow. and a little hill that I like to run. So it is, it's half a block from my house. So it is really. Is Brooklyn the area where... Where there's like the neighborhood that goes like bad crazy at Christmas with all the decorations. Oh yeah, actually, so down in Diker Heights, Diker Heights, yeah, yes, Diker you. Heights, yeah. uh, down in Diker Heights, which is not that far. So we're kind of like South Brooklyn. It's this funny thing where Brooklyn used to be just basically like North Brooklyn and South Brooklyn, and now there's like hundreds of little micro neighborhoods, often designated by real estate agents. Right, um, but no, we're relatively like close to Diker Heights, and um, we do go down there. But you know. It's funny. I mean, it is a little over the top, yeah. but I feel like, you know, and for New York City people, it's a huge thing. Sure. But I also think for like a lot of suburbs, that's just like table stakes. Like what happens in Diker Heights? Like, you no, know, I, I mean, that. like we have one or two neighborhoods that does something, but nothing like what you see there, right. no. especially yeah. when it's like 
everybody like it would be intimidating yeah. to buy a house in that neighborhood the pressure i feel sorry you Are see the any... one or two holdouts and you're like what's going on here well but i yeah. just assume they're jewish but... <laughs> potentially yeah i was like i would hate to live in that neighborhood if i was jewish like i'd be so singled out 25 <laughs> days yeah. of the year uh-huh. but but it is very fun and um it's very mobbed on the weekends, but we live close enough that we go down during the week. And this is exactly where I expected this conversation to go. This is so, what we you know, do. This is yeah, what we do. You never know. Yeah. This, yeah. this is rabbit holes. We're good at them. Sometimes at Christmas time, real quick, what I'll do if family's over and you're always like, what to put on TV because you want the TV on, but you're not really paying attention. I'll go to YouTube and I'll pull up walkthrough <laughs> videos of Diker Heights oh, and just wow. let it play on the video. Because they're like two hours long of sure. people just strolling yeah. through Diker Heights because there's so many and then, amazing and houses And then we there. all play, ooh, I wonder how much I that one how costs. how much that house is. And then we go to Zillow <laughs> and we're like, this is why, this we, is why we don't live in, in New York. Yeah, that's not a game. Uh, it's, it's just not a fun game. It's like, oh, that's like five McMansions in our neighborhood. Yeah. 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 Um, well, if you ever do want to come... To Diker Heights, you are welcome. I will give you a tour as best I can. And you oh. could also stay in uh, this room behind me, which is our extra room. That couch folds out. It's all yours. It's <laughs> so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so, Jody, how did you originally come across Peloton and like bring it into your world? You'll be shocked by my answer, which is it was a pandemic thing, <laughs> you know, during that time. You know, it's funny. The single, not critical, but very important decision we made was on like March 9th of 2020, we bought huge kettlebells <laughs> and a bunch of exercise equipment. And because we just knew like, we're probably going to be inside for a long time. So, you know, that was definitely like on our minds was like, we got to, you know, I want to keep working out inside. So I bought like, and the other thing we bought was a small trampoline for our daughter to just like go nuts. Oh, yeah. And just, like, get the wiggles and, out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so that was huge. And then, you know, a few weeks later or whatever, people started to, you know, Peloton started to take off. People started to realize like this is going to be, you know, being at home, working at home as a whole. whole. You were ahead of the curve because I feel like most people, we collectively as a society, I feel like March 13th was, was the day yes. when everybody was like, oh, crap, this is a yeah, real and, thing. Yeah. And that was certainly the day in my head is March 13th. You know, I happen to be good friends with a doctor and science journalist who actually works for the Atlantic and wrote. I don't know if you remember, but there was this big article called you are likely to get COVID. And it was like published on like March 12th or something in the Atlantic, went completely nuts. Two weeks before that article came out, he and I had gotten a drink together and he basically laid out. He was like, like, you won't see me again for two years. years. Yeah, Yeah. He was like, here's probably what the next two years are going to look like. And kind of everything he said in there was like kind of came true. So I had a little bit of that inkling and yes. And so like, and you know how it was in those moments in those days, like, six hours changed everything, you know, like days felt both super long, but also radically fast. And so like, yeah, me being me having three days of sort of foresight compared to maybe others, like made a huge difference. It was a game changer. Everybody Um, talks about how they ran out of toilet paper, but I remember going on Amazon and they had limited how many days you could buy. (laughs) Cause I was like, Oh, let's go buy bidets for all the toilets in the house. And like, you can only buy two. Yeah. Amazing. But, you know, we weren't ahead of the curve on the Peloton thing. And as you may notice behind me, we don't have a Peloton. We have, it's a Kaiser, which is, um, I think, a very reputable bike. But I think, um, you know, I don't, I think Pelotons weren't even available at that point. They were completely sold out. This one was. It was not. That was, this was closer to like midsummer or so when we got it in. But yes. And so now, you know, my Peloton existence is I use the app but I use a a different bike and, you know, I make it work. Yeah. It's allowed. It's allowed. Yeah. It's a judgment free zone. People get really zoomed. Just like cut off. Right. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, Oh my God. I take Peloton really seriously. (laughs) It's hung up on me. 
<laughs> I, uh, no, I was going to say people a lot of times they get I feel like it's better than it used to be. But there used to be this real kind of like classist douchebaggery about uh, like, oh, well, I mean, you're using the app. I will say but, I was part of that back at the very beginning when the app was first starting to take off. But in fairness, the app was really bad at first. Exactly. Yeah. Like you couldn't do very much on the app. The app was, you know, when the app first came out. They used to call it Beyond the Ride. And oh. all you could do was some yoga and like a few classes. Like it was not the beautiful thing it is so today. So it was really about the hardware of it the ride was. itself yeah. and it, the integration there. Exactly. Right. Whereas now, you know, I feel, you know, I don't have a leaderboard, I yeah. guess. And I don't have like the deep integration into the stats and so forth. But like my watch connects to the app. And so I can see my heart rate. And I can see the time and all that stuff right in front of me. I just don't have that sort of interface on the bike itself. And then the other thing is, I think a lot of people who are in my position have probably noticed this, but, you know, I'm somewhat caught up and a little sort of inconvenienced by the fact that, like, Apple and Peloton don't want to play nice with each other. Because it would be quite nice to have my Peloton rides show up in my Apple fitness thing so that I can keep all of my kind of... You know, when I go for a run, I put on the Apple fitness thing. And when I do other exercises or I lift or whatever, I track through that. But then my Peloton rides don't show up in there. And so really? I have slightly different. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like corporate sniping. But I Because think mine that, like, does work. That's so weird. I don't know well, if that's something to do something. with bike yeah. specific. I don't uh, know. Well, you know, what I think it is, is that maybe the information is going, since you have the bike and it's integrated there, it's going straight to Peloton. Whereas I have to sort of route it through my watch and my uh, watch won't kind of hold the fitness app and the Peloton app at the same time. They won't talk to each other. So I don't know. Maybe, I, don't Maybe if listeners know a hack for this to get I do you know, know that when I stats into the same app, that'd be great. I do know when I go for a run outside, I have to open up Peloton first and hmm. start my class. Then once the class is started, I can go to my Apple workout and do an outdoor run, but I oh, have so to do maybe, it in that order or it will not work. Right. So maybe you just, maybe I just learned how to do it, right? Because I have I've no been idea. Sitting, I've been sitting here hoping that it would just kind of turn on or do its normal thing of like, oh, you're on a run. Great. Boom. You know, but maybe I have to. OK, well, there you go. I'm going to write this down. You've solved, <laughs> you solved a big problem. For yeah. me. That's great. Remove this pause in editing. <laughs> <laughs> so now have you always been into fitness? Like, have you always been like a person who's like a workout? Because we're not like Tom and I right. both aren't. So I'm always curious um, about that. I have. Yeah. I mean, I played sports my whole life. And, you know, I've, I would say, you know, I have a very like long and evolving and sort of good relationship with sports and fitness and I've done a lot of you know journalism and stuff about that. I mean I would say I always have worked out towards a goal of like being better at playing sports, you know? So like I do like to work out a lot. You know, I've had moments in my life where like I've been maniacal about working out, but always, you know, to get better at playing a sport or something. It is actually a kind of new thing now that I'm not playing sports super competitively because I'm just a little older and, you know, it is a new thing for me to kind of grapple with like fitness for fitness sake, fitness for weight loss, which is something I've been, had to think about a little bit, you know, but also just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's just like, I don't have that kind of, I'm going to get better at X sport thing right now. And so um, Peloton has come along at an interesting moment. Yeah. yeah. Now the sport you're playing is how long can I live? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and still be yeah. mobile. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I will say like probably the most underlying answer to your question and one that certainly has been the case more and more something I've realized and noticed is that like there is nothing in my life that has a clearer one-to-one connection than like working out and my mood and my productivity. And like it is the underlying key to just like good day, bad day, you know, good life, bad life. I mean, I know that about myself. And then obviously like to your point, I know that it has 
bigger effects. And so now I really value it. That's probably the place where I value it the most is just knowing that like, if I work out, I will have a better day than if I don't work out. Yeah. Amen to that. Also, when you and I were contact, like going back and forth before we recorded Mm -hmm. today, you had talked about that you had thoughts on Peloton culture. That sounded really loaded. So I was really curious. And that that sounds loaded when you say it with that arch in your voice. That's how I write it. So maybe this gets us there, but I do want to actually ask you the question that I think led you to invite me on the show, which was something I posted on Twitter, which I will just hopefully you have an answer to. But, you know, I have long been curious when I'm on the app and I'm doing a ride or whatever, and they do those shout outs. I never get a shout out because I'm never doing it live. I'm always doing it, you know, some other random time. But um, when they do the shout outs to the riders and they're like, so-and-so on their like 35th hundredth ride, or they're like 9,000. I mean, like the numbers are like insane. And I have like stopped writing and pulled out my calculator and been like, wait a minute, like what's the math on this? So how do people get to like thousands and thousands of rides? Well, one of the ways is you have to kind of go back in Peloton's history. So the Kickstarter started in 2012. So there are people they've had been their... doing this for 11 years. Yeah. yeah. And so Peloton celebrated their 10th anniversary this year. I know it's hard to believe, but that happened. And a lot of people on the Kickstarter campaign got their bikes in 2013. You also have to remember that back then there was no other classes you could take. It was all bike and you Mm -hmm. either had a bike or you didn't have a bike. So if you had a bike, you were taking a bike class. There was no running. There was no rowing. None of that. And at that point, especially there was no app at all. So if you wanted to take a class, you were on your bike. So that's one way. Back then, they also had a lot of themed rides that really pulled people in. And they used to do things in the studio. And remember, that was the first time people ever had a leaderboard at home. And so, in fact, when they first started with a leaderboard, there was literally a person standing in the room showing what people on a dry erase board, writing everybody's names down. That was the first leaderboard. And then that person got actually the first person ever to die of carpal tunnel syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) But I came close when I was 14. Oh, Tom. They also would have contests back then. So one year, Laura Pug is a member of the Peloton community. That is her late name that we all call her. I believe her last name is pronounced Pugguride. But she was one of the very first people to ever reach a thousand rides. And mm-hmm. it was a huge moment when she did. And they had a contest based around how many rides you could do in a week. And her and a bunch of other people like got took it very seriously. Yeah. And that's kind of where it all started. And back then, most rides were 45 minutes. Exactly. And that's where I was headed next because everything was 45 minutes. So then now you take it to, I would say it started to change around 2018. The rides started getting a lot shorter and a lot more frequent. So those people that were used to riding for 45 minutes, 60 minutes at a time, they stack. So now you easily have people that are doing three and four rides in one day. Plus, if you add on a cool down and a warm up. Well, that's five so rides. So those count. Those oh, little five-minute yes. things count towards that, that shout-out number. Yep. Okay. It still seems really insane to me. <laughs> and I mean, I know that like they're only going to shout out the huge numbers, right? You know, they'll shout out like hundredth ride or to, you know. But obviously, if they see a huge number, they're going to shout it out. So it feels like overrepresented to me. But my gosh, I mean, some of those numbers are wild. It used to be everybody got shouted out on all of their milestones. Can you believe that? Like how ginormous (laughs) they've got. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they don't do that anymore. (laughs) So look, does that flow into ideas about the culture? I mean, no, you know, a little bit. Like, I mean, like I use the app to like get sweaty and ride and I like 
have certain people I like and ways that I like the rides to be structured. And I kind of, you know, I get into it and I find myself, but you know, I don't really like watch the names. And I don't really like know anything about the larger community. You know, I've often like found myself in other fitness environments. Like I did CrossFit for a long time and I had that kind of like, this is a slippery slope towards something a little like that people are really like turning over their entire lives to this thing. And I just kind of want to, I like the workouts. And so there's a little bit of that, but I also am like very aware and kind of admire the way that it's really seems to have mattered to people, a lot of people. And especially obviously during, you know, these last few years, it's like community in the truest sense. And, you know, I mean, Look, I did, I've done a lot of work and a lot of thinking and a lot of, and I've built a lot of my communities through athletics. And so I kind of, you know, I'm not going to disdain it, but it is this interesting thing where I kind of see like that whole world of culture off there. And I'm just like, yeah, great. Have fun with that. I'm going to like, you know, go over here. You're like, I get it, but I also kind of don't. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And you know, the cool thing about it is now it feels like you can really approach Peloton regardless of where you are on that line. But I will say that like, For somebody like me who is never athletic, never got into being able to work out on a regular basis, Peloton engaged me in a way that nothing else ever had. Mm -hmm. And it became this huge thing to me because it changed my life in so many ways. And I think a lot of people found that since they were able to work out at home in a way that they were able to keep doing consistently It became a community to them in a way that other places couldn't. And I think that's why that's part of why it was such a I mean, I'll just call it what it is. It's a culty thing. You know, it is culty, but like a positive, healthy cult. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, so it's like your friend group in college. And so the sports team you played on, you know, like a lot of those border right up against it. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we build ourselves is through those. It's cult adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Cult adjacent. Yes. But yeah. And so, you know, I do think that I probably am more like kind of. I mean, even in prepping for this, I was just thinking about like, well, you know, I do have like people I like on it and ways that I like ride. You know, I like it when so when the instructors do this and I don't like it when the instructors do that. And I kind of like like when this, you know, so I do have opinions and kind of things that I'm attracted to. But, you know, I've had occasionally people be like, give me your name, you know, I'll find you on there. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just working, like, I'm going to work out and you're going to work out. And then like, we're going to, you know, we, if you want to like coffee, let's do that. But like, you know, so, yeah. so you don't, you're not the guy that's like joining somebody else, riding a ride together. You're like, no, I wouldn't even know how to do that. To be <laughs> I could teach you if you were ever okay. interested. It's okay. super We've easy. Taught me one very important uh, trick today. So, yeah. I feel like his engagement is similar to mine, except that you like it. I hate exercise. It's never become an enjoyable thing for me. But I'm the same way. Like I don't really focus on a lot of the metrics or anything. Like I'm just kind of like whatever. But I find it fascinating because, like, uh, so Dr. Jen Mann, she's on our show all the time. She's on every week, and she talks about sports psychology, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. But she and I have become like really good friends. But she lives in California. We live. I right. live in Missouri. So what we were doing, we were both training for Big Sur, and so every weekend we would do our long run together on the tread, and it was so fun because we'd have our iPads going and like we. Would be like hi you know like the whole time we're running and it felt like I was running with her you know like literally in the same place and I think that's pretty cool that you can do things like that even if you don't have the screen on just being able to like share that moment with people all over the country is just kind of it's crazy oh yeah and I mean you know I have thought a lot about and you know sports psychology and all that you know like 
working out with somebody's the heat, you know? And I mean, when I've been on teams and I've, when I've done coaching, you know, it's always like get in little groups, you know, run your track workouts together, you'll push each other. And, you know, I personally, like I do a lot of my workouts with my cousin who's training to be a physical therapist. He's also a really great trainer. And so like, he's using me as his kind of guinea pig to get in his hours and I'm using him, you know, we do it over zoom, but like our workouts are great, you know, and I would never would be that way if I was just kind of writing down my workout on my own, or if he was texting it to me when I was going to the gym and trying to knock it out. Certainly at this age, like I need that sort of community and that motivation. So, you know, I completely agree with that. I just, for whatever reason, occasionally I'll feel it from the instructor, you know, like they'll say it's something, you know, get me motivated. I'll feel a little bit of kinship as those endorphins start to flow. But I just, for whatever reason, ha that hasn't been the place where I found the community. But I'm not trying to say that that's not like absolutely key to no, no, it's know, no judgment. productive fitness. Yeah. Well, I also think that's part of what does make Peloton successful is you can engage with it from a lot of different yeah. angles. You yeah. know what I mean? So like if it's not only this thing about community and working out together. So it's like if you value that, it is there for you. If you don't value that the product works just as well, but in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And in some ways it's freeing, right? Because you can go and do your ab workout that you did today right. without having to think about anything else. You just do your workout. You don't have yeah, to worry I about mean, other people. You know, I do a lot of like, I would say 20 to 30 minute rides in the morning. That's how I most use it. Like when I first wake up, I get that in and that just like starts my day. And then, you know, later in the day, I'll often go do another workout in the gym or whatever. But then I do a lot of the like 20 minute ab workout. I do a lot of like, what do they call the tread, the bike? Oh no, so not tread, the boot camp. You yeah. know? So it's like on the bike, off the bike. I like that kind of stuff a lot. I do a lot of those on the weekend, I'd say. But wait, can I ask you some questions? Of course. Sure. Sure. Right. I get this feeling. I'm not as naive as I sound, but I do get the feeling. And I think I know that like some instructors have real cults of personality around them. And they're like real, you know, so who are those instructors who have the most fervent fans? Do all of them have their sort of super fervent fans? And like, what is your sense of like, because when I've taken different instructors, I've had that like this person or I don't, but I haven't really been able to figure out exactly why. Well, although prepping for this, I've been thinking a little bit more and I have a little more thoughts that's been useful for me. But like, can you just paint the landscape of like, which instructors are the kind of like ones that have their minions? They do they, all have yeah, their they minions. they all have minions to some degree. Absolutely. Okay. And I think that the instructors that you probably are thinking of are people like Cody, Robin, Ali Love, Alex Toussaint. And I think part of that is because... I have thoughts on all of them, by the way. You and me both. The thing is, is I think they all have super, super large personalities. Yeah. And it's kind of like a rock concert, right? Like there's just something about a musician or somebody famous. And this is not all famous people. It's like Tom and I have talked to us. He books concerts. And so we go to a lot of shows. And there is something about a person who has that charisma. They can walk on stage and they don't have to move. They yeah. just draw everybody in. And then you have other people who are still really good at what they do. They're still charismatic, but they don't have the same like level of intensity. And I feel like Cody, Robin, Ali, they do. And they also hustle really hard to go to a lot of events, do a lot of PR, do a lot of yeah. sponsorships, things like that. So I think all of those things come at it. I know Ali as the in-house announcer at the Brooklyn Nets games, you know, that's you one of her yeah. jobs. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, it's that. Wow. Interesting. You yeah. Know? I always found her to be a very fascinating person at the Nets games, like weirdly low key, interesting, but also engaging and like, you know, I don't know. It's hard wow. to do that sort of in-game shtick yeah. without reeking of desperation. Yeah. Right? Like and she's just like kind of, I, I think I've like admired her, but like been surprised because usually it's like, oh, you know, you expect 
expect someone like super cheesy and over the top. And right. she's just like kind of cool and almost like disaffected in a cool way. Right. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't to love her as a Peloton instructor, but yeah, yeah. If I left, I think she's like a super compelling and talented person there. Well, I will say, I think every instructor that Peloton has is super talented in many yeah. different ways. Like it's a huge like umbrella because you have some people like Jen Sherman is one of my favorites because she comes across to me on the bike as like. And when I've met her in person, she's just so genuine. Like she's just so she remembers all of her fans. Like there's so many classes I've been in with her where she's like, oh, hi, so and so. And she hasn't seen him in two years, but she remembers their name and things like that. And she just makes you feel like her friend that you went to high school together. And then you have people like Cody that everybody really, really loves because he makes them laugh. You know, yeah. it's the kind of humor. And then like Maddie Majacomo is one of my favorites and he's on the tread. Oh, OK. He's on, that's probably why you don't know yeah, him. Yeah. But he's like... I'm looking at the app right now trying to see the instructor. So I'm, not, I'm not distracted. He's like, I'm, I'm not ignoring like, you. I'm yeah. playing along at home. Yeah. Uh, Maddie is one of my favorite people on the planet. Like, he is so sweet and nice. And then the funny thing is that he and Cody are really good friends in real life. And they have been long before Peloton, but they're nothing alike. Like, they're right. kind of alike, but they're nothing alike. Like, Maddie just has like a gentler delivery on things but still incredibly funny yeah. and i think that he would tom says this all the time that he would maddie would probably be an even bigger yes star i think if maddie was on the bike he would be a rock star like top tier instructor that's going on the shows and the he used to be and like he was a journalist on the news yeah um, he and... would do like red carpet interviews things like that yeah so, yeah and then you know alex toussaint seems to really pull in the sportsy people like i don't know why because i don't like sports not because i question right. him like i don't well, get the he is and i get that sense too and i've tried a bunch of workouts with him and I would think like and even th have thought like, oh, he's probably the one for me. Like, you know, he's just like, yeah, he comes from a sportsy. He's like very like you got this, you know, very like almost aggro. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Well, it's funny. He doesn't work for me because I just like I really like clear instructions and I'm like, we're going to do this for this long. And then we're going to do this. Like, I like having a plan in my head. So you need and Matt I like Wilpers. someone like, yeah, what's that? Who's you need that? Matt Wilpers. I don't know who that is. You yeah. need Matt Wilpers so like, in your life. So the one who I've most liked, I think, is probably Leanne. Interesting. Kingsley, who I think is just like pretty clear and like, you know, good personality. Maybe it's just like a British accent will just do it for me every time. Like, because I just well, took a class. I just, just took a, yeah, right. And then this guy, I just took a class with this guy, Jermaine Johnson. Oh I've never my done God. Before. Jermaine like, oh, is great. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just the accent. Uh, <laughs> Toussaint, I don't like, I just feel a little lost at sea every once in a while. I'm like, wait, what are we doing? How long? Where am I at? Like, when did the change happen? I feel like, oh, I, that's like my least favorite thing. It's like, Oh, wait, was, did I miss a change? It's, Were we supposed to have gone up? And there's times when he'll just like stop riding and yeah. yell at you for a yeah. while. And you're like, wait, what's happening? Like, you know, and what part of I it do? is also part of it is also maybe I don't have the interface that's telling me exactly where I should be. I also like I use the when I'm biking, I put on usually put on like something to watch. And so like I do sometimes want to just like be able to check back in and even visually be like, okay, they're riding, they're standing up and they're going hard. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then there's times with Alan, Alan and a few others that I found where I'm like, wait a minute, whatever. That said, when I have done rides with Alan, at the end, I'm like, whoa, I'm like, I'm pretty beat up here. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sweaty. And so like, he's very effective. But yeah. it's just those, I've, it's made me think a lot about, because, you know, I've done a lot of like coaching. I think 
designed workouts for people. And it's made me really think a lot about the nuance of kind of how you schedule something, how you sequence something, how you convey the information, how much information is too much. Like it's, there's a lot of that stuff I like to think about in here. I also think it's super personal. Like what I have found over the years is that there are usually per person, there's two to three instructors that you will love. And then in like, but there's one you're going to like really connect with. Then there's going to be two or three that like are your go to's. And then there will be others, depending on how broad your spectrums are. There will be others you like, but you don't go to all the time. And that tends to be how it works for most people. And so I have those for all different disciplines. Like my current tread go to as much as I love Maddie, Maddie will always have the like most special place in my heart. But Susie Chan is like my favorite tread instructor these days, because I think just because I feel seen by her, like she's in her 40s. She didn't start running until later in life. And she didn't start running ultras until a lot later in life. And so like, I feel like I just started running when I was in my late 30s. And so I feel like this connection and similar to what you said, she just spells it out in a way for me, like we're going to do this. And then it's not a bunch of cheesy stuff. It's just this. You know, these are the things we're doing. Maddie, though, if you ever want to laugh and you just want to like be in a good mood by the end of your class, you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. If you're having a bad day, Maddie is the way to go. And that stuff does matter. I mean, there are times when like Leanne or Cody will say something like even Leanne's kind of like she veers into like some cheesy kind of, you know, like all we have is this moment, you know, be present, you know, but like sometimes I need that. And I like that. And I've used language like that before. And there's times I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Like stop thinking about the 10 things, especially when I'm doing those rides in the morning. It's just kind of like as much about a mental thing, you know, I'm trying to kickstart my metabolism, I suppose for the day, but I'm also trying to just kind of be like, give yourself a 20 minute, 30 minute, like moment of focus before you let the whatever's happening the rest of the day sort of cascade over you. And Leanne kind of reminded me to like be in the moment. It's helpful and it works in those moments too. Well, to me, the big takeaway there is probably somebody on the platform for just about anybody. And I think that you're right. There's a lot of different kinds of people that need a lot of different kinds of instruction. And they've done a great job of hiring different personality types. They haven't just hired the same instructor over and over again. They're very different. So you've been a coach, you've been on teams, but you've also been a host. Tell us about good sport. I don't know anything. You have to know Tom and I are like not sportsy people. I hate sports. (laughs) I once struck out a t-ball. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is the most knuckleball of knuckleballs is the t-ball. If you think about it, right? It doesn't move at all. And so I can see that. So, you know, I played sports, like I said, my whole life. It's kind of like the place where I learned all my big life lessons, you know, Um, and not saying. Obviously, it's not the only place where you can learn your life lessons, but it just happens to be the place where I learned mine. And then, you know, I've been in journalism for a long time and I spent a long time at ESPN, but in this corner of ESPN called 30 for 30, which are these narrative sports documentaries. I don't like sports, but I've watched some of those. And that's like what you heard all the time at 30 for 30. That's music for my ears. And, you know, is I think a lot of the work I do in sports it's like, it's about sports, but it's not really about sports. Right. It's kind of uh, sports as a lens to get to larger stuff. Precisely. And so 30 for 30 was like historical documentaries. I started and hosted the kind of audio arm there. And I was there for a bunch of years. And we did a bunch of great stories. And yeah, we heard that a lot. And, you know, our, our philosophy there was always like, okay, we're telling a sports story, but it has to be something bigger. It has to, you know, so what was always the big question. That, you know, <laughs> what does it tell? It's, it can't just be like, oh, that was cool. This cool thing happened on the field or whatever. It has, it has to be more than just the room that time a guy caught a ball. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. As thrilling as that can be, you know, sure. sports for its own sake. 
you know, it was always, you know, that's where I'm at. That's the kind of stories I like. And so then I left ESPN at the beginning of 2020 and have been basically freelancing and doing a bunch of stuff in sports and politics and lots of stuff since then in podcasting. But then last year, the folks at TED reached out and said, we're thinking of starting a sports show. And obviously, TED is very like ideas, right? Is the, yeah, right. Sort of, is the philosophy there. And so it felt to me like a chance to go even further than some of the stuff I did at 30 for 30, which still needed to be like about story, you know, A to B to C to D and do something with this series that was like more kind of starting from an idea or a question or a curiosity I've always had about sports that feels like it unlocks something bigger. And so it was just was really satisfying for me to make this series. You know, each episode kind of does start with like a basic question that I feel like you pull on the thread and it gets to something bigger, you know? So we have episodes about kind of what it means to give someone opportunity and to thrive and to evolve in sports or, um, and give them like support, you know, but that's obviously ends up being a story about the rest of our lives, you know, about right. opportunity and nurturing and coaching and all that stuff. And we have a story about stadium deals and how they sort of are this perfect representation of all the broken things in our sort of local politics. And then also, you know, for the first time, I think in a lot of my work, I like got a little more personal than I have in other stuff. And so I talk a lot about kind of my relationship with sports and how I've used sports as a lens to kind of understand things about myself and the world. And then also some of what we've talked about here, you know, how I'm at this interesting point in my life where like playing super competitive sports is sort of behind me. And I'm trying to figure out kind of what is my relationship to this thing now? Where do I put that competitive fire? How do I find community? You know, all those things. And so it was really satisfying to make. I think it was good too. Like the team from Ted was really lovely to work with. And we are continuing to hear that kind of classic I don't like sports, but I like this, which is, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I do like a good sports story. Yeah. He does. Just yeah. don't ask me to watch it or play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you the thing about a sports story. And, you know, you learn this at 30 for 30 is like, you know, every journalist talks about, every writer, every journalist, every movie maker talks about like, well, the thing you want is stakes, right? Right. And you got to have some, you know, so you got to have a person who's going to change in some interesting way, but you also got to have stakes. And like sports, it's just built in, right? Right. And it's just like you're starting from something that has stakes. And, you know, we even did a couple. I came to really love doing like gambling and like casino stories. And we did a couple of those at 30 for 30 because like if you want to remind someone of the stakes, you literally are just like you can just stop and be like, and by the way, there's one point five million dollars in the lot. OK, moving on. And it's just like instant stakes, you know, and so it's nice. Wow. I like doing those. I know one of my favorite documentaries is The Box When We Were Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my God. That's... that's so good. And I couldn't sure. care less about boxing, but that story is riveting. And there's kind of a parallel documentary called Soul Power. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen it or not. And it's all about the concert the music fest. that no, they staged in conjunction yeah. with this. And that is, as a concert promoter, like talk about yeah. stakes when they're like, they can't figure out how to get the power so they can perform. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm getting yeah. hives right now. Like that's well, not I mean, how you do there's concert. There's a huge lineage of great concert films, but not just concert films, but like staging concert films, yeah. right? I mean, some of my favorite documentaries are that too. But yes, I mean, it's like anytime you kind of, I mean, that's just good storytelling is you just have a bunch of people trying to overcome something and right. how does it change them and what does it mean? And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned podcast. Do you currently host a podcast? Yeah. So, you know, I was in public radio for a long time and then I went to... This place called 538, which is Nate Silver's kind of data yeah. journalism site and hosted the show there, covered politics. And then 
you know, that was owned by ESPN. We kind of got floated over to and made friends with the 30 for 30 folks. So I've always floated between sort of sports and politics and history and so forth. The last few years, I've been basically freelancing and a sort of production company of one. I have a political history show called This Day in Esoteric Political History. <laughs> tells you what it is. And so I host that with two historians. And I've been doing that for a couple of years with this network called Radiotopia. And then I do a bunch of just sort of for hire or I'll you know get asked to host some stuff here or there. Uh, I did this TED show. I've done a sort of just I do a lot of production work too, as well for other folks. So yeah, I mean, I just sometimes, yes, I mean, it is my living and um, it's also really satisfying to just get to work with a bunch of folks and a bunch of different ways. Like I, yeah, for sure. I like being a producer. I like being a host. I like being an editor. And it's been really nice to kind of just go into it's different nice projects and freelancing different roles. is a scary road to go. To. It is. It is it a is. scary road. It is. Is there one, and this is just for me, is there one yeah. part of all the things you do that you like or dislike more than the others? Well, I mean, the answer really is kind of like, and again, this is just sort of how I've organized my thinking about the world, but the parts that feel most like I'm on a really satisfying sports team, you know, and like, that's what a project is. You're building a team, you're figuring out your internal dynamics to get to a common goal. You want to make sure everyone who's working on it feels satisfied and heard. And when it works, and that's really, really hard, but when it works, it's really satisfying. And I think often leads to like actual work that you can feel proud of. And, you know, the thing that other people hear is the sort of end goal or end result of, I think, all the sort of satisfying internal work. My answer to what I dislike is actually kind of similar, which is like, I mean, you know, teams are really tough. Management is really tough. If I'm being perfectly honest, like these last few years of freelancing have been really satisfying in the sense that like, I'm not sort of stuck inside a place. I'm not managing a team. I'm not navigating a corporate, you know, mostly I'm like, patching into a project and like, I know it's just going to be six months, we're going to make this thing and then I'm going to move on, which is its own interesting sort of challenge, you know, because I still want to build relationships and sort of feel invested. But there are times when I'm quite happy that there are not people like putting meetings on my calendar or <laughs> I don't have to deal with HRBS. And that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I was afraid dislike was going to be like interviews with amateur podcasts. <laughs> Well, yes. He's like, I'll save that for after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I mean, look, it's part of the job is just dealing with poor audio quality and you know, stay and dealing with someone who forgot to turn on their mic or you know all that stuff. But um, I have also have become much more kind of sanguine about sort of what we're up to. I mean, even at thirty for thirty, like, which is a very stressful environment, it was very tough. Like, we're making the stories we were making were really, really hard. I just remember one time an editor of mine who was also kind of, you know, my boss and the person driving me really hard too. But, you know, she was at one point, she was just like, sometimes we just have to remember, like, we're just telling sports stories. Like, we can't take this too seriously. And we have to, like, realize how, like, privileged we are to just, like, this is what we get to do. Or she was like, sometimes just, like, get some sleep, <laughs> take a <laughs> breath, realize, like... And then actually the TED folks that I worked with on this last one, in our first meeting together, they said, you know, one of our mantras, there's no such thing as a podcast emergency. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you for saying that. You know, not that we weren't stressed, not that we didn't have things to... It was like really nice. And it's true. Like, you know, have some perspective about what we're doing here. And so I try to try and keep that in mind. We should do that too. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we have our podcast emergency. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 we yeah. do. But I also think and the reason I always ask you is just because like I have a full-time job and we do yeah. all of this and it's stressful to do both. And so... 
it's exhausting, as you know. And so sometimes it's like whenever things aren't working or something breaks or whatever, and you're just like, oh, my God, I've got yeah. like an hour to get everything done in time. And you're just like, yeah. Oof. Well, you know, yes, totally. But also somewhere in there is the kind of satisfying thing, right? Yes. You set up yeah. these hard systems and then you work yourself through them. And that's what satisfaction is, right? Like just always, I often think about kind of like talk about this in good sport a little bit, but, you know, satisfaction is like clearing a bar that is just out of your grasp. Like no one wants the bar to be right here where you could just kind of like step over it easily. Yeah. Like, that's not going to lead to growth and <laughs> I, satisfaction. Well, I there totally you go. But you know, you put it in second gear a couple decades ago. I know you just, you're ready <laughs> to just, yeah. yeah, he sees me. yeah. He sees uh, me. But no, I mean, people, you know, that's where growth happens. That's where like the real interesting stuff happens, but it's because it's hard. So yeah, somewhere in there is that balance. But you know, I got my start in live radio where it was like, it was actually the case that like, if this isn't done, like this mic is going to turn on well, yeah. at noon and hundreds of thousands of people are going to hear you and you better, you know, where it's like Lauren podcasting. Mike, it's like what yeah. Lauren Michael says about right. SNL. He's always like, we don't go on at 1130 because we're ready. We right. go on at 1130 exactly. because we go on at 1130. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that, that has its own satisfaction too, because, you know, I think you do it and then you move on. And it's really nice that like, you know, when I worked on a morning show from 10 to noon, at 1201, it was just like, and this was another big like, kind of sports thing. It's just like, you got to flush it, move on, forget, learn from the mistakes quickly, but then you're on to the next thing. And that's yeah. like a big sort of sports mentality thing too. Learn but um, don't dwell. Yeah. And so like everything has its lessons and its difficulties and its satisfaction. But, and I mean, I will say like most of what I do is radio stuff, but like even in there, like your notion of like, well, I have my day job and then I also do this thing on the side. And like in aggregate, they're going to lead to like a satisfying overall picture. Like that's been huge for me to think about. Like for a while, you know, I was kind of trying to find a job that like checked every box for me. <laughs> and they, they're and, not there. You know, I think that's natural. Yeah. But yeah, and it wasn't there when I realized like, no, okay, this job as a producer is going to mean that I'm going to like be behind the scenes and write and, you know, work with some work with someone else. And help them be better. And then if I want to like talk into a microphone and have my own project and call my own shots, then I'm just going to have to go do that on the side. And then in aggregate, yeah, the, the list is going to get checked. And when I realized that, like, not only did I start to, you know, satisfy all the different things, but it meant that I like, kind of really loved everything for what it was. Cause I wasn't sitting there on one project being like, Oh man, I wish this was something else. I wish yeah. I could do that because I'm doing that other thing that I want to do with other projects. And so like, I think the freelance life for me has been the kind of it allows you to of, enjoy the thing for what it is rather exactly. than hate it for what it isn't. There you go. Lovely. Thank that, you. Coming out of the mouth of Leanne Hainsby, that would be that would <laughs> get me going. It allows you just, to yeah. enjoy <laughs> the things. <laughs> And then say done and dusted. Yes. I refuse uh, to say that. Also, there's some sparkly bubble in there, too. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. So um, speaking of Peloton, so what is your leaderboard name so people can oh follow you and then you'll never follow them back? I actually don't know. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know. Um, but I can find it, right? Oh, you can. Uh, I got the app open. Profile. Okay. Oh, okay. This is a first. <laughs> yeah. My leaderboard name is Pacific Standard which is, what's the name of my Wi-Fi network? Um, <laughs> but it's also the bar where my wife and I met. Oh, uh, that's, that's, nice. Nice. Um, that's nice. But I think I probably just, I mean, I picked it. Yeah, I mean, it's like if there's any username that isn't my name that has some significance, it's probably going to be that. So I you love go. that. It's, it's standard. Well, thank you so much. Closed during the pandemic. Yeah. That's Aww, that's that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much yeah. for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. Before we let yeah. you go, let everybody know where they can find you on the social medias, where they can find your shows, things like that. Appreciate it. Um, 
Well, I mean, Good Sport, you know, is my latest sort of big project and people should go check that out wherever your podcast, as they say. But, you know, I have a website, Jody with a Y, Avergan, you'll find it. <laughs> and on there, you know, I do try and keep it up to date with like all of my projects and my kind of speaking engagements that I do from time to time. And then I have a newsletter, all that stuff. And then, I mean, I guess I'm on X. But <laughs> yeah, I hope you mean the social media is. platform. Yeah. Like, you're not rolling yeah. right now, are you? Yeah. That's, going on. Should That's we... why this has been, you the should, has been really You good. should try the EDM rides. I think you like them a lot. Um, and then uh, I'm on Instagram, which is trying, you know, mostly pictures of a cute kid. But uh, <laughs> Hopefully it's yours. So I would say my, be yes, weird exactly. otherwise, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say uh, my website's a good place to poke around and see some stuff that, that you'll like. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah, doing this. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next time, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on all the socials and the Peloton leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And they can find you and me in London next London. week. So if, Yeah, I'll be in some classes too, so you can check me out there. Yeah, so if you're hanging around the... Uh, Final stop, Peloton on tour. Keep an eye out for, I would say us, but nobody cares about me. Keep an eye out for Crystal. Keep an eye out for us. And I'll take the picture. You hand me the phone. That's typically how it plays out. They hand me the phone and then I take the picture. So. Also, for anybody who's wondering, are we still going to try to do the meetup? Yes. Uh, I'm still trying to find a place that we can get together before the wrap-up party on Saturday. It's likely to be somewhere very close to the studios, and it will probably be very small, so expect both of those things. Keep your eye out on Facebook. That is where I will post it. I will post it on all the socials, but Facebook is the easiest place to find it, awesome. I think. So, uh, oh, and until then, you can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com oh, slash yeah. Tom O'Keefe, and not that anybody cares, and... Uh, on the Twitter at Roger Kubert. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon at patreon.com slash the clip out. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and rowing and running. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>